Lord, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for what you want to do. Thank you for the angel of revelation that's here. Thank you for all the gifts of the Spirit being operation. Thank you for uh, impartation, like the Apostle Paul, God. We long to see your people that there may be an impartation of a spiritual gift, God. And so, uh, but now, Lord, you're the teacher. So uh, teach us your ways. Uh, deliver us of um, wrong thinking. We're, we're just open. Let our hearts burn as you expound the word to us. And Father, I need your help. Fill me with your spirit. Put your words in my mouth. Spirit of wisdom and revelation, we ask for it. And we receive. And uh, come with your lightnings tonight, God. Come with your lightnings. The Lord just says that um, there's um, a unique marking He's giving every person in this room because you've said yes. So just say yes again. Lord, thank you that Jesus himself is here to commission. Thank you that tonight will be talked about in people's lives as divine intersections, as a divine defining moment. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Is Brian still here? He's playing the keyboard. Is he still here? Did he go? He slipped out. I know his kids. Oh, you're still here. All the way in the back. You shouldn't be in the back. But uh, on the side there. Uh, the Lord wants you to know to not lose hope and don't grow weary in well-doing. And uh, when I'm saying that, I, I see like rain just falling upon your heart. The, the Lord says, son, it's time to dream and dream again. And there's some uh, Goliaths in front of you, and the Lord says, like Goliath, I need you to begin to prophesy the end from the beginning of what you're going to see in this situation, because through the Goliaths, I'm going to teach you how to overcome as never before, because ever since you were in your mother's womb, there's been the spirit of David on the inside of you, and you're one who's supposed to rebuild the tabernacle of David. So I'm going to reemphasize some things in your life. I'm going to reemphasize a deeper life of fellowship, hearing the voice of the Lord, and also adjusting to the ways of the Lord. And the Lord says, you're, you're not too late in the purposes of the Lord. And I'm hitting the reset button and grace. I'm allowing all grace to abound towards you. And the Lord says, son, my promises to you is to, that I would restore all things as you navigate the narrow path, even the constricting path that I'm calling you to. And there's a release. Just shut your hands. So, Brian, I just unlock now in Jesus' name. Every place where you felt stuck. In the name of Jesus, the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I just release an unlocking to you. The Lord says, don't let hope deferred anymore in Jesus' name. Where's the other people in the world? There's someone else I had a word for. I'll know her when I see her. Raise your hand if you're on the worship team tonight. Oh, back there. Oh, it was you in the blue shirt. There's a, there's an unlocking and a breaking you free, and you've prayed a prayer, Lord. I, I want to go with you all the way in the purposes of the Lord. 
And Jesus uh, stands right in front of you. He's putting his finger in your ears. and He's unlocking your ears to hear. And if there'll be uh, increased, there's increased grace for intentionality to know the Lord. And, uh, but there has been um, like an even uh, a locking of uh, the heavens, but the heavens will be open as you turn towards the Lord in this season. The Lord is unlocking your feet where there was uh, uh, lack of progress. The Lord is releasing new progress into the purpose of the Lord. So I just release a divine unlocking to you now in Jesus' name. I say just be unlocked into purpose now. And there's a river of healing from words, from even judgments, from even things that were said unknowingly, knowingly, and I just break you free. Hey! I break you free now to a new place of freedom and life and hearing in Jesus' name. Uh, There's somebody, um, the Lord is... Uh, healing two people actually I believe the Lord is healing your lower back Um, a few of you your ears are getting on fire because there's a spirit of revelation here Lord we just thank you for there's angels that are sent on assignment here tonight somebody's right knee the Lord is healing you I believe from an athletic injury I believe there's um Three people here, you have difficulty sleeping. Two, it's like a generational stronghold that the enemy has kept hidden. So in the name of Jesus, I just declare, unlock now. And I free you from that which has tried to capture your generation. And it also, in one of you, causes this agitation. And I unlock you. And I, now I release the peace of the Lord to you and the life of the Lord to you, in Jesus' name. So he said this morning uh, that 2023, the Lord spoke to me on December the 28th, 2022, 2023 will be the year or season of breakthrough and the year to overcome. And we define the word breakthrough as a significant or sudden advancement. And... uh, Overcome is to get better in a struggle, to prevail over. And then right after that, there's this strong impression that the Lord says, what you believe you will receive in 2023. And then yesterday on the way to the airport, the Lord says, I'm releasing uncommon grace for my people to step into uncommon faith. Uncommon is not usual or uh, not usual and rare. And we also uh, looked at the, I mentioned the word in uh, August 12, 2021, uh, where the Lord says we're in a defining moment. And a defining moment is a point at which the essential nature of a character of a person or group is revealed. And whether you realize it or not, excuse me, your life will be defined continually by defining moment after defining moment after defining moment after defining moment. And God is, especially if you have praying relatives, God will constantly, even when you are making the worst mistakes of your life, the worst choices of your life, and part of the good news of the gospel of the kingdom is that uh, no matter what you've done and no matter what you're doing, God's here to help. 
Like, keep making the same mistake over again. I'm here to help. Amen. Keep reacting the wrong way with my relative. I'm here to help. Keep dating the wrong fools. I'm here to help. <laughs> keep making the wrong financial mistakes. I'm here to help. Now, God is completely committed to his role in relating to you. But you must take responsibility for your role and take responsibility, as Paul said, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. So the terms of the relationship work best when they're only on God's terms. That's right, Never, ever, 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 ever think you're in a negotiation with God. I'll do this if you do this. God doesn't negotiate with people. I have a really good friend, um, and uh, he's really smart, like one of the smarter people I know. And I'm privileged to know a lot of smart people. Uh, and um, PhD, I think, from one of those California schools, and then uh, MBA. He's, he, I, when the vaccines first came out, I, I, I was asking him about it. So I was very curious. I said, he probably knows something about it. And he finishes like 10 minute, 15 minute talk. And uh, he's like, do you know what I'm talking? I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking. <laughs> the whole premise of this conversation cannot go any further than my ignorance, you know? So, but when he was in college, um, he, he grew up Catholic. And I think you can be Catholic and born again. Um, I do. Uh, But he wasn't born again. <laughs> he can be Pentecostal, not born again. <laughs> so, he who endures to the end will be saved. There's a lot of uh, verses that talk about uh, people staying the course. That's my main focus with people. Like, I, you know, you get saved once, saved those. Like, I don't, you know, like I don't really get caught up in that. I know you can say a prayer and, and, and uh, serve the devil the rest of your life. And that's between you and the Lord, but if I'm going to judge the fruit, I'm thinking you're probably not going. And if your goal is just to get there, you're probably not going. <laughs> Got quiet with that one, but it's true, you know. <laughs> you know, if your goal is to lose weight, you'll probably lose some, but not keep it off. But if your goal is a lifestyle, I'm yeah. so, but anyway, they, 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 so they, he's got people that witness this. We got to just put those seeds in there, right? So they witness to him, tell him the gospel. By the way, I, about uh, right before New Year's, I listen, I'm going to listen again to this message from black and white from Billy Graham. And it's his, I encourage everyone to listen to his explanation of the gospel. So clear. So he's in his bed, you know, that thing's working on it. But his deal was God, like, because he's so smart. He's like, he's like, um, like anyone who would believe that Jesus stuff has got to be really stupid. So, you know. And uh, so he, they witnessed to him. And he's in his dorm room, and those words that they spoke to him are like working on him. You know, they're like all in their head. I say that to people like, I don't believe what you just said. It's okay. I just told you it's going gonna, it's gonna to really mess you up. Like, it's going to really, really bother you, you know? 
It really is. It's going to bother you in those moments, you know. So he goes, all right, God, I'll serve you, but I don't want to be stupid. And he heard the voice of God. No, God will respond to sincere people. He says, no deal. God doesn't negotiate with people. Don't negotiate with them your destiny. In God's mind, the moment you surrendered to him at salvation, he thought he was in charge. Wow. So the next night he goes, he goes, all right, God, I'll give you my whole life no matter what. And God said, deal. He got born again. So God doesn't negotiate with people. We always engage with God on God's terms. Now, he'll meet you where you're at. He will always meet people where they're at, but he doesn't negotiate with people. And I want to talk to you for the next three hours on the subject. <laughs> See, and yeah, I, I'm not telling jokes tonight, but you think I'm joking. <laughs> Felt from the Lord to talk to you at least some on the, on the subject of faith. Before I want to do that, I just want to uh, uh, make a few statements that I think are important to our understanding of God and the world. Because I think any topic always has to be viewed through these larger lenses. And uh, the first point I, f I just feel impressed to tell you is that God gave to humanity a kingdom, not a religion called Christianity. If you read the early, uh, if you read Acts, Luke's account in the book of Acts, it's very clear that in the birth of the ecclesia, the church, that they never believed that they were starting a new religion. Peter appeals to the prophetic timeline. Stephen appeals to the prophetic timeline. And so what they believed was that the Messiah that they had been promised, and he came way different than they thought. That's right. I really emphasize that point. One of the, one of the strongest points that you got to, keep tracking with is like when you when it doesn't make understanding intellectual sense you got to keep following i didn't finish that point this morning but john is in prison his disciples come to jesus and he are you the one he goes tell john the blind see the lame walk and the good news of the kingdom is preached and then he makes a statement because it seems to be most people i think so too it seems like John was struggling, even this forerunner, this, this one who knew what Jesus was called to do. He's struggling with this, is it really him? I don't know. And the, see, offense comes in so many different ways. Why, that's why this, it's so important to guard your heart. So they, they, they believed that Jesus was the promised Messiah who had come to inaugurate his kingdom. And so he was the fulfillment of what God had promised for the nation of Israel. That's why it was to the Jew first and then the Gentile. They didn't see themselves as converting to Christians. It's all over the early church. That's why they, you know, they even have this Jerusalem council. Because they're like, most of them were, were all believers in what we, of Yeshua, the Messiah. And they kept living what many scholars describe as law compliant. 
I mean, they just kept celebrating the feast and these different things and, and going to synagogue and, and doing these different... Because why? They didn't see themselves as, as having you know, started a new religion. They were following what God had originally told the Jewish people that he would do. So he inaugurated a kingdom. And Jesus did come to bring a new covenant, but he didn't come to destroy what he started in the old. I'll go over here. It's absolutely true. Jesus did come to bring a new covenant, but he didn't come to completely destroy what was established in the old. All scripture, all scripture, all scripture is God-breathed. And then this is apostolic doctrine. Why do you think he uses a Jew who understood that canon? And for 300 years, that's the only Bible they had. It's quiet with that one too. All scripture, what? Is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, so that the man of God may be fully equipped. That's why some teaching should bring reproof. <laughs> because we don't got it all right. That's why we need the teaching of the word. It's always the word and the spirit. So he didn't, he, he didn't come to throw it away. He came to fulfill. In fact, he told the nation of Israel. You won't be able to fulfill it. The whole point is there's a Messiah coming. If you even read those dietary uh, uh, <laughs> mandates he puts out there, you follow that diet, you're living pretty healthy. He was actually interested in every area. Of, I know some of you, you've been told it's bad to read the Old Testament. You know, it's all good. It's all true. All truths. He's expound. And Jesus did not come to bring something new. He expounds on everything he already established in the Old. When Jesus stands up in Matthew 28, what is he doing? He's reestablishing Genesis chapter 1. Go into all your man, made in my image, have dominion. Adam was made in the image of God. What was Jesus? He is uh, the image of the invisible God. To see Adam was supposed to see what God looked like. To see Jesus is supposed to see what God looked like. Makes this amazing statement. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. If you saw Adam operating correctly, you're supposed to see God. Doesn't make them all applicable, but he didn't come to throw it away. He wasn't doing that, but I'm this for someone. <laughs> God's kingdom is his creation. Listen to me, Ralph. God, that's a joke. That is a joke. <laughs> Listen to me, Karen. You know, God's kingdom is his creation. Therefore, what we really desire is not of this present age, but from eternity. God, God, gave, God, God gave to humanity at, uh, at being born again a new nature, but he also gave a new way of living called the kingdom of God. The fruit of a new way of living is that our life, our life vision, your life vision. Listen to me. God's goal for your life is not to get you to heaven. God's goal for your life is to be like Jesus. So that, 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 that represents two beautiful tensions. Two beautiful tensions. In one sense, everyone in this room, should be, be, we, we should all be becoming alike. But uniquely, that's what Paul said, the manifold wisdom of God. We should all be coming alike. 
if we're operating correctly. But then there's a unique expression that each of us bring. He likes your personality. He likes who he made you. He's not trying to kill you. He's trying to call out the original brilliance of what he created. Here's a really key important point. The enemy cannot create anything. Everything is a distortion of the originality that God intended. So a lot of like what you're like, ah, just suck this out of my, he doesn't want to suck that out of your life. He just wants to sanctify it under the way. I mean, Peter's like this great example, right? I can identify with Peter. I know you find that hard to believe. But you, someday your boldness, your strength, the, the authority, the, person, the unique expression of Jesus through your life is supposed to, uh, it, it, it's a great blessing to the world around you. But when tempered incorrectly, it can be very harmful to other people. No, I'm not, I'm not certainly suggesting that you, you keep your bad character traits and, and call it being prophetic, you know? You know, just an anointing never dismisses you from the fruits of the Spirit. Like, oh, he's prophetic. No, he's just rude. You know, you can be anointed and be really mean. You can be a great blessing to people, but still need demons cast out of you. So God's goal for your life is to be like Jesus. That reason. So, and, and, and here's the, uh, another key point about your life is we were all created for transformation, continual transformation. Man made perfect was still made to be transformed, to keep growing in the knowledge of truth, to keep understanding, to keep growing in splendor and glory. So you're, you're, you're made to be continually transformed. You know, people are like, God's just really challenging. So, well, I mean, just get used to it. Like, that's the whole point. Jesus is humanity's example of how life was intended to be expressed in the kingdom of God. Haggai 2 verse 7 says he's, Jesus calls himself the desire of the nations. Ephesians 5 verse 1, therefore be imitators of God. Luke 6 verse 40 when a student is fully trained, he'll be like what? His teacher. So the goal is to be like Jesus. So Jesus is our example. Jesus fully God, fully man. We know that. But he did this. You want to see humble. He's fully God when he's on earth. But in everything he's doing to do, in every way he's operating, he's choosing to operate as the son of man. So I want to suggest to you, because it's true, that Jesus had to have faith in God. One of the greatest things you see in the Gospels is Jesus, as our example, never doubted the Father because he knew his nature. Faith is a posture that chooses never to doubt the nature of God. Jesus could be trusted with being asked to do the impossible. Jesus could, be, uh, 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 Jesus could be trusted with consistently doing impossible things because there was never doubt. And I want to suggest to you, never doubting does not mean he didn't have any thoughts of doubt. Just like in the garden, I mean, they're made perfect. The enemy, for whatever, yeah, I mean, God just set this thing up. I don't question it. The enemy still has access to your thoughts just what you choose to do with them. 
You're not bad because you have a bad thought. You're not bad because you know, you're not sinning because you have a thought of. It's what you do with your thoughts. That's why you're your greatest gatekeeper. Back to Proverbs 4. Guard your heart. Guard your heart. Why? Because. Now we're talking about the subject of faith. God designed humanity to meet their deepest needs. That's why he instructs us to seek first the kingdom of God. Because if you don't seek first the kingdom of God, you will look for your needs to be met somewhere else. One of the greatest things about God is that at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. He created you to have your deepest needs met. Very happy. Married my best friend. But she cannot meet my deepest needs. That's good. That was good that I learned that before I got into marriage. It's not her job to meet my needs. God designed us to trust him for all that we would ever need for eternity. God designed us to trust him for all that. You know, God is, he's... He's really, really good. So he's so good that he, he had everything you would ever need before he ever came to earth. So let's look at uh, the nature of faith here because this is important. Actually, everything I think I said tonight I think is important. So no, it's really like it might not be the, like the, the greatest polished sermon you heard, but I believe in what I'm saying. It's true. You should believe in what you say. It's not like I got up here like, well, let me just throw out for 20 minutes stuff I don't think is important and then get to the... No, it's all important. It gets quiet with that. Mark, the 11th chapter. Read at the New King James. Now the next day, as they, when they had come out from Bethany, he was hungry and seeing... Of, notice the humanity of Jesus. So the beauty of Jesus. He, he, that's why he can identify with everything you've ever gone through. Seeing a, a fig tree, ha, uh, seeing afar a fig tree having leaves, he went to see if perhaps... This is verse 12. I started in verse 12. He went to see if perhaps he would find something on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. In response, Jesus said, let no one eat fruit from you ever again. Let no one eat fruit from you ever again. I want you to notice that that tree is a certain way. Then Jesus speaks words to that tree. I believe it's nine words, might be more. Then there's like this little uh, minor story. It's very minor about Jesus getting upset and overthrowing some money changers and just a minor story in scripture. Next day, verse 20, pick up this story. Now in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you, you cursed has withered away. Verse 22. Then Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. I want you to notice something that 
his talk on, the sub, on this subject of faith begins with him speaking to a tree. He speaks words to a tree, and those words, he's speaking as a son of man, become exactly what he tells them to become. I'll try over here. Those words <laughs> became exactly what he said it would. 